Blog Talk Radio. Fear does not exist in this dojo, does No, that's it! Hey, does not exist in this dojo, does it? No, that's it! Hey, beast does not exist in this dojo, does it? No, that's it! Fear does not exist in this dojo, does it? No, that's it! Pain does not exist in this dojo, does it? No, that's it! Defeat does not exist in this dojo, does it? All right, everyone, it's 10 o'clock. You know what time it is. It's time for the majority decision. Coming to you live from the great state of Texas, right here on Blog Talk Radio. I am your host, Greg The Truth. The co-host of the show is the black belt, Mr. Fayaz. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to listen live right here on this wonderful Friday evening. And we always want to invite you to follow us on Twitter at Majority MMA. Check us out on Facebook, The Majority Decision. And if you like the show, please go out and subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and all of those great um, distributions for the good old podcast mediums. Fayaz, another show is on us is, is upon us. How's it going, man? Man, it's going good, man. I am uh I'm always looking forward to doing this show, man, for the listeners, for the fans, for me, because I love to listen to myself afterwards. After the show I like to listen to ourselves and see how uh <laughs> see how horrible we actually sound. But as long as uh everybody keeps tuning in, I'll keep looking forward to this show, man. What's going on with you? You know, if I could do my best uh, Cliff Clavin impersonation from Cheers, uh, it's a little <laughs> known fact that it's a little known fact that the majority decision recently did over 100 shows. So we have oh, that is done fantastic! Over 100 shows, man. We've made it this long. That is awesome. Nope. That's you know what I just want to thank everybody out there who listens. You tell you know you you tell your friends about us, whether you're adults, whether you're kids, just lovers of martial arts. We appreciate you listening, and uh, we want to keep doing more shows for you. So please spread the word. Yeah, uh, amazing thing about it, I think we have a pretty pretty diverse audience of uh, 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 ladies, kids, adults, and yeah. uh, fighters, other people that do their own shows and, and uh so it's it's very cool man. It's it's very cool to be able to have an outlet to share your opinion and it's also extremely cool that other people want to hear it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Especially other guys that do other you know, that that do other shows too, man, you know, because uh you know they're they're just helping us gain listeners. So, you know, we do we appreciate that also. Let's get right into it. And if you want to give us a call, you can call us at 929-477-1077. Bellator 149 is the gift that keeps on giving. Um, <laughs> we we already established that it was a pretty terrible card. And um, if you if you thought that it couldn't get worse, 
Well, it did because apparently, according to the Texas Athletic Commission, uh, Ken Shamrock and uh, Kimbo Slice have failed the drug test. Oh, Are you, you you mean from the last one? That's not from, from Bellator the, right? 149. So that you're you're saying Ken failed from when he fought Hoist, right? Failed drug failed the February nineteenth drug test, which he took wow. here in Texas. Wow. And Kimbo, Kimbo, he put on such a spectacular show. I mean, I you know, clearly I, I, he uh, was on the juice. Yeah. <laughs> With a performance right. like I mean, that, I mean, whew. with a performance like that, I mean, Jesus, I mean, of course, I knew it, <laughs> I knew it. It makes sense now. It 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 it's all it's all coming full circle. I mean, how else how else would Kimbo Slice been able to put on such a great performance against Dada Five Thousand, who, by the way, didn't get knocked out. By Kimbo Slice, ladies and gentlemen, he was knocked out by none other none other than renal failure. So, you know, I I just I, I don't understand, man. I don't understand. Well, I don't know, man. I mean, apparently Kimbo Slice beat him up so bad that he almost died. Yeah, well, almost we almost lost him. Well, you know, it goes back to one of those. You know, if you just, you know, if you don't train, then you're going to try to cut 40 pounds in two days. That's pretty bad. That's, that's dangerous. That's Nobody has bad. any business doing that. That's awful. Right. So then what happens now? So then they call the fight a no contest? Um, you know, it, it doesn't say for sure, but I, but I would assume that that's what's going to happen. Uh, the, the, the infamous Dada 5000 Kimbo Slice barn burner fight of the year candidate showdown is uh, going to be a no contest. You know what that means? I'll have to do it again. <laughs> and and you know what else that means? I once again will not watch it. So, <laughs> hey. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm, uh, I'm, I don't know who for, but I'm glad. I'm, I'm sure somebody will tune in to watch that fight. I have no interest in uh, ever seeing those two guys back in any kind of a ring or or cage or a – I don't even ever want to see any of those guys in a gym again. I don't even think they deserve to go into a gym where people teach other people martial arts. That's They don't, they don't deserve it. So, uh, so I'm sorry that they failed their test. Yeah, I'm sure Hoist Gracie's going to have a lot to say about uh, Ken Shamrock failing that test. But, uh, you know, hey, Hoist, let's look on the bright side, buddy. The uh, juice, right? The juice the juice didn't stop him from going down from that low blow. So you're in good shape. <laughs> there's, not a, there's not enough juice in the world that can stop someone from going down to that kind of a shot. Hey, we know what steroids doesn't make stronger, obviously. So, uh, <laughs> man, the gift that keeps on giving. The gift that keeps on giving. Wow. It's more excitement about this this card being finished yeah. than it is actually happening. Yeah, I know. 
<laughs> oh man, that's that's horrible. But anyway, yeah, yeah, it's, that's terrible. That's horrible. But you know, Joe Warren. <laughs> hey, props to Joe Warren for going to sleep last week. I think uh, I think he got choked out last weekend. Yes, uh, he did. Yes, he did. Joe, Joe, Joe. I don't know if Joe Warren needs paychecks or you know. I mean, at, at this point, they should just make him a staple in the company, be an announcer yeah. or something. Yeah, right. you know what I mean. Yeah, that guy's that. he's been fighting too long. I mean, he got ragdoll last week and then immediately choked out. So I don't know. I don't know what's left for Bellator. Where, where else can you possibly go from that? You got, you know what? You got to get away from that as soon as possible. You, you've got to leave that behind. You've got to realize that you gave it a shot and it failed, and you you need to start shifting that that light to some of these younger guys. I mean, I give you a good example of yeah. something that was that was a good deal that they did a, a, a couple of months ago. They had Liam McGeary, who's a young champion, up and coming, talented guy against Tito Ortiz, who arguably yeah. maybe maybe it's time for him to retire, maybe it's not, but he brings the name value, McGeary brings the talent, and there you've got something that you can build on and you can work on, right? You're, you're, you're showcasing a young guy, and he's getting the rub from the guy who's got the big name. That's the kind of stuff that they need to be doing. Yeah. No, I mean, I you know, I, I agree with you on that. Um, the only thing I didn't like about that fight was afterwards where when uh, Tito completely stole Liam McGeary's spotlight. Yeah. I, yeah. I, just, I just thought that was kind of, you know, you know, and he was complaining about injuries and whatever. I don't Actually, I don't even know. He, he probably was, though. I'm sure there was an injury. He was crying, and you did it, and I don't know. I don't know. But, uh They've they've got to get away from that. They got to focus on their younger talent. They got to build that deal. They just got to take a risk and build that deal. That's that's the best bet to go with Bellator, man. I don't I don't want to see any more fifty four year old guys on steroids. I don't want to see any more bum fights, right? And then find out that somebody from one of the bum, from the bum fight failed the drug test. Seriously? I mean that's that's just ridiculous. I don't I don't know. I don't know, Coker. We thought you were going to be a good thing for Bellator, but I'm not sure anymore. Did Did we ever think we'd be saying, "Where's Bjorn Redney?" Right, Bring yeah, that guy no back. Kidding. You know, at least Bjorn Redney, man, he had a good thing going there for a little while, right? He, you know, he brought his own, you know, little deal to it, the tournament style and things like that. I mean, it was kind of weird, it's kind of different, but but I enjoyed it, man. I I liked it, and uh, you know, at least it was it was its own thing. Now it's now it's like a, uh, a sideshow attraction. So, uh, you know, maybe they need to go back to the way he was kind of doing things. You know, what I think, I think one of the major problems that's wrong with Bellator is its involvement with Viacom. Uh, I, I yeah. think Viacom has its hand in Bellator a lot more than people realize. And they're the ones that are probably pressuring Scott Coker to put those guys like Kimbo Slice, you know, to, to match up a Hoist Gracie and a Ken Shamrock, you right. know, things like that, I think. I think, you know, because Viacom, I, I don't think that, that, at the end of the day, I know they don't care about Bellator. All they care about is how many people are watching Bellator. Right. 
That would be my guess. Right. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. I I I would have to agree with you. I I remember all the years back when, when, you know, the UFC just really started getting into its stride. And, and, you know, all of us as fans and, and commentators or whatever were like, you know, hey, Dana, when is the UFC going to get a mainstream television deal? And, you know, when are they going to jump off of, of Spike and try to work work with a network or, you know, HBO or whatnot? And Dana White always said when the deal works for the UFC, then they'll pull the trigger. And I think right. probably one of the major things that Dana White didn't want was these networks getting their hands on the company and pressuring them to do fights and do things that they don't want to do. Because we saw what happened to Elite XC. Oh, uh, yeah. HBO had its hands all over that, and they ran that company into the ground. Yeah, Showtime, I think it was. I think it was Showtime. Or Showtime, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you're right, you're right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just... Man, it's just it's just about you know it's just about making fights you know you know Bellator you know be happy you're on Spike TV right but grow mm-hmm. your young talent grow your young talent you know throw in a tournament every now and again because that's what made you different in the first place and and run with it man stop they're they're trying to grow too fast and they think the way to grow is you know by putting on these ridiculous fights man and nobody wants to see that stuff. It's uh, you know, I, I can't say nobody. I'm sure somebody wants to see it, but if you're if you're if you're a real fan, or you're a real martial artist, or you know you're a, a true combat sports fan, you don't want to see that garbage, man. It's uh, it's it's kind of a disgrace to what you're watching to the guys who really get in there and train hard. Yeah, and. and- you know, it's not it's it's not the thing that because it's certainly obviously right. People want to see it, but like you're saying, but the, at some point, Bellator just has to do the right thing. I mean, it, and and this is where you know this is a whole other argument because the UFC can get criticized for this too. Conor McGregor is probably a a good example of that. The, these companies, yeah. whether people want to admit it or not are entertainment companies first and sports yeah. companies second. And right. uh, it, there is a fine line there between balancing the integrity of the sport and entertaining people. And um, it, the I think the, uh, you know, I hate to sound like a UFC mark, but I mean, the reality <laughs> is they're, they're the, they are the standard bearer. They're, they're the ones yeah. that have done it right. And they've built their own talent. They've they've built, um, and, and and if you look at their formula, they built a lot of their their uh, other homegrown talent by pulling in guys from Pride, by pulling in uh, guys from from other companies that had that name right. recognition, and they used that to build up other guys to build their names. And, that, and I don't understand right. what, what is why is Bellator not doing more of that? I guess. With the Liam McGeary Tito, Tito Ortiz, right? You know they, they should more, oh, yeah. them, right? Because 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 eventually what happens in you know a company like the UFC is that you know your older you know name guys, your up and comers, you know are fighting those guys, 
kind of like gatekeepers now, right? Now they're fighting those guys to see if, you know, they're ready for, you know, more, you know, harder fights, that sort of thing. And, and they're building on that young talent. So, you know, that roster's full. I mean, there's plenty of fighters over there. And, you know, I mean, how many have we seen just kind of, you know, just pop out of the woodwork, come from nowhere, and, uh, you know, rise to be something great? Yeah, I mean, th- think about it. This is probably this is I think is a good example. Two good examples. Um, Quentin Jackson was was a name in MMA, but when he knocked out Chuck Liddell, he was made. Rashard right. Evans won the Ultimate Fighter, and some guys knew him. But when he knocked out Chuck Liddell, he was made. Right. And and and, that, and those are the kind of fights that the UFC, that the Bellator, I think, needs to make more of while they've got these guys that have name value on their roster because they're not going to be around forever. Right. Right. They need to, you know, if Ken Shamrock wants to fight, they need to throw him in there with, you know, a younger guy, you know, one of the one of the up-and-comers, right? Yeah, why not? If, if Hoyce Gracie wants to fight, they need to throw him in there with somebody, you know, one of the up-and-comers, why not? If those guys want to fight, man, have them fight some of these newer guys, not fight each other. Right? They want to still fight, then let them fight. You know, let, let them fight some of these other guys, and you know, let's let's see where they're at. I mean, unless, you know, unless it's all about the paycheck, and we're just you know worried about you know not losing, whatever it may be. You know, you you hope that's not what it is, but I mean, that's uh, that's really the direction they should go with. You know, build that to build the other guys. They got to understand their time was their time has came and gone. They need to move on. Nine two nine four seven seven one zero seven seven is the number to call if you want to get in on the conversation. Uh, around the time that Holly Holm knocked out uh, Ronda Rousey, one of the statements that I made was that it was Holly. It was now Holly Holm's job to not be one and done, to not be Buster right. Douglas, right, who knocked out Mike Tyson and then turned around and lost the belt to Evander Holyfield. Right. Unfortunately, Holly Holm did exactly that. She beat the unbeatable champion and then turned around and lost to someone who a lot of people thought, not everyone, but a lot of people thought she was going to beat fairly easily. I know it's still early in Holly's MMA career, but she's not necessarily a young lady when it comes to combat sports. No. Um, it, I don't know, man. She's not. She's apparently not going to get a rematch, even though she wants it. And everybody else gets a rematch. I don't know why she wouldn't. But um, I mean, do you think this has done any damage to her credibility, or is that kind of overthinking it? What do you think about that? You know, I I don't know. I think they're still trying to fight for that rematch, right? They're saying, well, they're going to make Ronda and Misha, you know, but Misha's. You know, Misha, Misha's, they're doing what Holly Holmes camp did, right? They don't want to wait. They don't want to wait till October or whenever it is. You know, she wants to be active quickly as soon as she possibly can and try to defend that belt sooner. So that's, uh, that. I, th- I think they need to keep lobbying for that, man. You know, I don't mind the round robin, right? You know, People shouldn't have to wait for people who want to go off and, you know, venture off and do other things. If they want to do other things, then let them go do other things. 
right? Let's, uh, you know, let's let the champs defend their belts. I mean, they're asking to defend their belts. Let's let them defend. Absolutely. I, I agree with that 100%. If, if, if Mijate wants to fight before October, before November, they got to let her fight. And yeah. uh, because it's not all about Ronda. Right. Misha had it's a, had a funny Misha comment. Gets paid. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and that's another interesting question to think about is is how is she going to get paid? Is she going to be making five hundred grand a fight with the next time she fights? Right. Uh, my guess is probably not. Right. Well, she's going to have to. Uh, she's going to have to. You know. She's. I don't know, man. They, you, you know, I saw the salaries from the last UFC, and you know, Nate Diaz made more money than Misha Tate did. And uh, all I gotta say is bad job, Misha Tate's management, because they didn't negotiate. They didn't negotiate very well on that one. I'm sure she Probably made some cash most... after after the back end. I'm sure she got a little bit of pay per view yeah. action, but but she she didn't make as much money as everybody else did. Everybody else probably made at least a million dollars. The easily the the most ridiculous thing to me that came out of all those those pay numbers. Conor McGregor, guess how much he got for his um sponsor money from Reebok? How much? Five thousand dollars. Five thousand dollars. Wow. Five thousand dollars. Popular guy in mixed martial arts got five thousand dollars from sponsorship money. Now he made a million and and probably more probably close to two million after the back end numbers come in because it's they're saying UFC one ninety six is gonna break uh UFC one hundred's number. But yes. uh, five thousand dollars that's absolutely ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous yeah. for, for a guy yeah. like that to make five thousand dollars in sponsor money. Yeah. That is ridiculous. That's a, I mean, uh, that's crazy, man. I, they got to do away with the Reebok thing or make it better. Or some, I mean, five thousand dollars. What does that do for you? What does that do for you? And I don't, I don't understand what the purpose of that whole deal was, man. I know these guys come in and you know they're wearing you know other people's sponsors, but I mean, they went out and they got those sponsors, right? Yeah. And they went out, they went out and worked and got those sponsors, and that's not coming out of Dana's pocket, so I don't see why, you know. I don't, I don't know why he's stressing about that. So, I, they, they've, they've, they've got to allow at least maybe one, one extra sponsor in. When your top guy's getting five thousand dollars from, you know, what you put in there, as you know, supposed to be, you know, better for the fighters. I, I don't know, man. I don't think that's, uh, yeah. Like, granted, he did get a million dollars. He'll get his pay per view money. Right, but uh, so he'll be okay. Fight, but still, yeah, they'll they'll get fight, he'll get he'll get a fight of the night bonus off of that one, right? He, they'll get it, but uh, he'll be fine. But that just goes to show, man, that that deal is doing nobody any good. Yeah, it's awful. It's awful. So our lovable analyst John Anik said that if <laughs> I'm glad I didn't say something stupid like that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that if Nate Diaz beats Conor McGregor, that he would get 209 tattooed, which would be his first tattoo ever. Uh, I'm terrified of needles. I couldn't get a tattoo if I wanted to. Um, but uh, he he came through, and 
was a man of his word. Got his 209 tattoo. He did. He did get his 209 tattoo, and I think that's just because he didn't want Nate Diaz to punch him in the face and call him a liar on air. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? I mean, if you're going to say something like that, you know, that was I – mean, and I think he probably almost said it in a betting fashion, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, he didn't think Nate Diaz could do it. But um, I don't know. Maybe he just – all the fights he's called and – what not? Maybe he just never paid attention when Nate got in the ring. <laughs> hey, you know what? I I did not think that he couldn't do it. I just didn't think that right. he was going to. And, I, and right. I'll say it again. I was glad that I was wrong because right. that was spectacular. It was a great fight. It was a yeah. It was a fantastic fight, man. I would uh, I'd watch it again. That was a good fight. That was a great fight and. Uh, both of those guys, man, both of those guys put on a show. I can't wait to see what both of those guys do next. You know, they were talking to GSP backstage. I don't know if you caught any of that interview, but they were asking him about Connor moving up and wait. And, you know, just kind of going back and forth in that way. And, of course, and this is this is kind of a reference to something that, that, that you posted on the Majority Decision Facebook page. Um, Connor deserves all the credit in the world for moving up from 145 to 170. That's insane. Um, George St. Pierre was someone who a lot of people wanted to see him move up and fight Anderson Silva at 185. He never did it, and it was the right choice, Um, even though I would have loved to have seen that fight. uh, It was the right choice. Uh, St. Pierre all but basically said that he would have never moved up, and it was a mistake to take the fight. That If it was George, he wouldn't even have taken the fight. He would have just yeah. sat out and waited it around. And, I believe uh, it. Yeah, I do, too. I do, too. And, and, and I believe I don't know, it. just interesting I mean, comments from the former champ. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's why he, he defended for seven years, right? I mean, he, I mean there's, there's a reason why. You know what I mean? He fo- he focused on his weight division, and he focused on his deal. Now, you know, the last guy to do it before Conor McGregor was B.J. Penn, right? He's you know to, to move up in weights and you know challenge challenge for titles and things like that. So I I mean, uh, you know, maybe it was just too much, too fast for Conor McGregor, but, you know. And so what he's got to do is just kind of rebuild and go from there. I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about something, um, you know, a little kind of, kind of off topic, but not really. Um, I went out today and had a, uh, I guess, quote-unquote, free kind of tryout one-on-one class with a MMA jiu-jitsu gym here in Kingwood. And okay. you've been a trainer. You, you've been a trainer for a long time. Um, and, and have been around it in that form for a long time. So I just wonder what, what in your mind, when someone is going out and looking for a gym to train at, and, you know, even if they're new, maybe they're new to the sport, maybe they're not, what are some things that you think, in your opinion, do people need to look for in a good uh, martial arts school? So what I would do is I'd probably watch a couple of classes and uh, see how the coaches interact with the students. 
first off. See what kind of culture you got in there. Is it a bunch of guys with egos running around trying to kill each other? Or, you know, or is it, you know, and most schools aren't like that, but you never know. There's There, there are one or two out there. Or is it, you know, a bunch of, you know, tough guys trying to kill each other. You don't want to end up in a school like that. You know, you want to look, you just want to make sure the atmosphere is good. And you want to see how, more importantly, though, you want to see how the coaches interact with the students. You know, are they teaching them or are they browbeating them and beating them up? So that's, uh, that to me, I would say are the, probably the most important things. Because culture and atmosphere is, you know, right off the bat going to determine whether you want to come back there and work out, right? And then, of course, interaction from the coach, you want to know that, you want to know that he's trying to help everybody, not just the people who may be quote-unquote talented. Yeah, yeah, th- th- those are great points, good stuff from the black belt. So if you're looking for a gym, you know, put that in your back pocket and keep it in mind. I, I-, I enjoyed my time today. The coach was great. Um, they were just, uh, I-, I think they're going to end up being a little bit, uh, they-, they got big city prices over here, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they got big city prices over here. But uh, anyway, that's just about going to do it for this edition of the Majority Decision. want to thank everybody for listening. Don't forget to tell somebody about the show. Follow us on Twitter at Majority MMA. Like us on Facebook, the Majority Decision. I'm Greg. He's Fayaz. Come back Sunday. We'll be right here on Blog Talk Radio. Mm-hmm.